0: It's Tuesday, March 11th, and today we're talking about a mountain of child care legislation that just moved through the Iowa House with Representative Tracy Ellert. I'm Paige Godden, and this is the Daily Dome. everyone and welcome back to the podcast today I am at the State Capitol with Representative Tracy Ellert of Cedar Rapids and you've had a pretty successful 24 hours
1: here at the Capitol yeah it's been very exciting not only to um, get to talk about so many different areas of child care which I've been advocating for for many many years before I ever even got up here to the state house, um, but I had my first bill passed through the Iowa house so very very exciting.
0: Yeah and that was part of one of several bills on child care that was passed through last night is that right?
1: Correct, correct. We were originally supposed to debate on eight child care um, bills that we ended up debating on five and that was one of them. Gotcha. Um, so, what was yours about? What did yours do? So, mine—it's it, kind of complicated to explain for those that aren't in the profession. But basically, with the harsh winter that we had last year, um, we were getting a lot of families contacting us saying that they were either losing their job um, or were, you know, on the brink of losing it, or having to take all their pay time off in those first couple months of the year with all the um, school closings. You know, we had a lot of late starts, um, a lot of full day closings, early outs um with all the snow and cold weather that we had so um what happens then when those school-age children you know don't have a day of school and your parents the parents can't take off work then those kids are either being left home alone or the parents are struggling to find childcare for them and often these children already have childcare, but it's only for before and after school if they needed to stay a full day, um, a lot of the programs can't accommodate them because then they'd be over staff-child ratio. Um, so my bill allows an exception on um, just the non-planned emergency school closing days that those programs can accept their already currently enrolled school age children on those days, even if they can't get their assistant. So um, for example, a Category B registered child development home, they can have their full 12, so you still can't go over your um full capacity so for bees, it's 12. they can currently have their full 12 for up to two hours by themselves um i think of a few weeks ago there was a day when um it was a late start that then turned into a no school day so they could have already had those kids there now the school says oh now we're fully canceling they would have had to send them home under the current rules if they couldn't have their assistant come in after those two hours this would now let them keep them the full day Gotcha. And there's already a similar exception in place for Category A's, so I'm just kind of building off of that. Um, So it'll help keep a few more um, in the workforce and not upset some of those jobs and make sure their kids are safe.
0: Okay. Um. So, what other types of things did some of these bills that were passed
1: last night do? So, there was a bill that addressed the um, CCA, the child care assistance reimbursement rates, which are way too low. Um, programs do not get reimbursed even near what their private pay rate is, which is why so many of the programs are not accepting child care assistance, and that's a huge burden for our lower income families. Then, because as we know, we hear all this talk about the child care deserts, um, and there's about one slot for every three children in the state well then when you look at families that are um, using child care assistance to pay for their child care that's that's even um, less slots for them because um, so few programs accepted so this bill made sure that every um, provider that or program that accepts child care assistance that it put them up to the 50th percentile of the 2017 um, market survey rate so it increased um, licensed centers reimbursement rates, it increased category C child development home reimbursement rates did not provide an increase for A or B category um, child development homes. And then it unfortunately gave the largest increase to non-registered homes. So the non-registered homes will now be receiving, depending on the age that they're taking, they could be receiving an additional $10 per day for their CCA kids where centers and licensed, um, registered programs are getting about an extra dollar to $2 per day. So not opposed to the non-registered getting an increase. We need to, to help accommodate, you know, more slots. They should not have gotten the largest increase and setting their rates now almost identical to registered homes. I think that could kind of backfire because I already heard from a couple providers last night that either flat out said, if they're getting paid the same as me, meaning the non-registered versus the registered, not taking it anymore. So we've already lost some of those. And you may now also have registered programs that say, well, if we're getting paid the same, then I'm just gonna go non-registered and do less paperwork. Well, non-registered can take five children. A registered child development home can, depending on their category, can take eight to 16 kids. So we see, you know, if you're registered, you can take more kids, which helps address our slot shortage issue. So we really catered towards the non-registered programs on this bill, not enough on our programs that can take more slots and offer higher quality. Um, not that non-registered can't be a quality program. I know some wonderful ones out there but we know that as you step up and become registered or licensed and then eventually go on to the QRS program that you're increasing your quality. And non-registered aren't even eligible for QRS, so they're kinda just stuck in that path unless they choose to move up. Sure.
0: Okay, so was last night's um, bills then kind of the end game of childcare in the house this year, or is there still more you're hoping to get done?
1: Well, there were originally supposed to be eight on um, for debate last night. Three of them got pulled last minute. I have yet to hear if they'll be on for today or tomorrow, so I'm not sure at this point in time if they're dropping off completely or if this is gonna be all of them because I know the plan was to do them all in one day mm-hmm. and kind of be like, yay, look what we did for childcare. Um, I would love to see some more come out. Um, personally, ones, other ones that I introduced weren't even assigned to subcommittee, so none of them <laughs> are eligible, but I'm looking for some avenues to maybe add pieces of those as amendments. So I'm hoping that there's opportunity. Um, But we covered quite a few of the areas last night. So we covered uh, childcare reimbursement rates. With my bill, we addressed just a tiny sliver of some of the capacity issues. There was one to address the cliff effect that went through and then one that slightly touched on um, retaining the workforce and educating them, because there was a teach and wages program bill that went through. Um, The ones that did not go through that were on the docket were a lot of tax credit ones. Um, I'm kind of neutral on those because the tax credits were going to businesses and they already receive a lot of tax credits. They were going to developers. And I want to see something that's going to help families right now pay their child care and help child care providers right now increase their wages. Um, we have not focused really on quality care for children. Like Children haven't really been involved in this picture at all. That's what some of my bills that didn't even get subcommittee would have addressed. Um, and we keep talking about giving all these tax credits and building these nice, bright, new, shiny buildings, but we don't have the workforce to fill them. So we can build all the center, new centers we want who are we going to put in to work for him? So there's nothing that addresses that side either.
0: Right. Um, so can you explain a little bit about what it takes to get a bill passed? Because I feel like for some of this stuff, <laughs> it seems like some common sense stuff. And for parents, right. I can see why it'd be frustrating. Like, why doesn't someone just stand up and say, this should be a law? Like, right. what, what does it take to actually get some of this stuff
1: done? It's interesting that you asked me that question, because specifically this week, I've been um, working on a project with my clerk to make a little video about um, how we stay educated on the issues, but also how um, a bill gets through. Because so many people don't realize there's so many steps and there's also so many chances for it to be amended amended and changed and sometimes that's for the better, sometimes not so good. But basically, you know, it all starts with an idea, either something that somebody's approached you about, um, or maybe you've had personal experience um, yourself. Mine are kind of a combination of both, since I am in that early ed world, Um, and I present all around the state to different providers, so I can gather that feedback. Um, Then you work with your staff and LSA to get it drafted, make sure the language is where you want it and it does what you want it to do. And then um, once you sign off on that, it gets introduced. And then it's up um, to possibly be considered for a subcommittee. If it doesn't get a subcommittee, then it's not really going anywhere unless, like I said, you can find an avenue to add it as an amendment to something that it's germane to. So if it passes out a subcommittee, then it gets assigned to the committee. And then it may or may not be eligible for a vote in committee. It depends on if the chair wants to bring it forward or not assuming it passes through committee, then it's eligible to go to the floor, but then the Speaker of the House determines if they wanna bring it forward for a vote or not. So you could have, you know, it could pass unanimously in subcommittee, it could pass unanimously um, in committee, and it may or may not make it to the floor. And then if it does make it to the floor and it passes, then now you still have to hope that the Senate takes it up and votes on it. So a lot of channels that it has to go through and a lot of opportunities for it to not remain the original bill that you wrote also. So that's always something to keep in mind because sometimes people don't understand why, well, you voted yes on it in committee. Why weren't you a yes on the floor? Well, there were changes that made it not as great of a bill or sometimes it does make it better, but... um, Yeah, there's lots of opportunities for it to change throughout that path, too.
0: Yeah. Um, So, I mean, back to child care a little bit. I assume that was sort
1: of in the platform
0: that you ran on to get elected. Yes.
1: Um, Um, Early ed, being an early childhood educator, early ed was my biggest platform.
0: Yeah, so what other kind of things did you promise your voters? What else are you working on?
1: Um, So education as a whole, um, because early ed, people don't realize that early ed is birth to third grade. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, K through 12 is really important to also making sure that we're addressing um, what happens after kids get out of school, whether that's going on to college or maybe they're going to do a trade program. So making sure that they're prepared for the workforce. So the workforce was an issue to... making sure that we have um, qualified workforce, that they're getting paid fair wages, um, are working in safe conditions. Um, and healthcare uh, is really important to me. Um, as someone that went many, many years without healthcare, I've seen the struggles, you know, of debt harder to get services when you don't have health care my own children were um, receiving Medicaid with the first MCO switch so we experienced a lot of challenges with that and now we're you know we're seeing that switch again Um, so basically things that are good for Iowa families
0: right absolutely Um, okay so I don't know. I think that might be all I have for you. I guess these bills, they still have to make it through the Senate, is that right? Right. So who's your cohort in the Senate? Who can your constituents bug?
1: So I am going to start with um, my fellow Lynn County Senators to kind of get their input. Um, I definitely want to educate them so that they, you know, can advocate for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping they can um, give me a path to follow because that's the thing is, child care is an important issue I think on both sides of the aisle and I think in both chambers but we don't have anyone that can really speak to it in the senate that's an expert and knows the areas um so I think I'm gonna have to do a little bit of educating over there and hopefully they take some of this up because it is really really important stuff
0: right okay all right well thank you so much for joining me today yes of course yeah thank you for all the work you do (laughs) thank you